your chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, Di Tecco, tiro, goal! fan podcast andrew santo and joe here gonna break down and evaluate some week two action of the epl right now we're just checking out the tottenham and and, uh, wolves highlights from over the weekend santo wanted to skip to a specific event that happened oh pk yeah oh yeah we took up a let's go to 650 did not watch this go to 652 maybe a little bit before 645 here we go so yeah, yeah it's gonna show a little Chance here by apartment advertisement by Wolves. Whoa, Ooh. decent shot, but and just Bergwijn here. Like I have I so much to say about what happens here. Oh, that <laughs> I did see that play. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh. that was filthy. Go back. Go back. Go back. They'll probably show it's, it again. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, I don't think they do. That was definitely worth another show. Oh my gosh! Like just. Oh my god! Just how. Yeah. Oh. When you said Bergwijn sideline, I thought you meant he was like on the bench, like oh, acting a fool or something. I thought, he's, no. I thought he was doing something kind of like Kane with the no finish. Oh my god! Yeah, Kane didn't just, finish that. Um, the fact. Want, wait, you, go. Yeah, just play it again. Third time. Third time. Here we go. Oh, shoulder and whoop. here we go. That's wild. Oh, you want to see the? And then uh, Kane just uh, yeah. nope. I mean, in that position, though, he was in tight there in that position. He could have raised it over the goalie, maybe. Yeah, he had to get you shot see, quick, though. You want to see a filthy Meg? Well, they just show twice. Woo. Oh. You want to see a filthy Meg? Yeah. Uh, go to Facebook. Facebook? <laughs> now we're going I'm to... not going to Facebook. We'll, 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 see after. we'll look at it after. Oh, man, it's so dirty. It's on ESPN FC. <laughs> we'll look at it after. Yeah, oh, there'll be God. a reaction after. So it, the fact that Bergwijn, I mean, he he's obviously not like someone you consider like goat material like Messi or Ronaldo no. obviously but I've not seen anything in terms of a reaction that quick by anyone ever that was crazy yeah I mean like you or I would just probably done like right foot left foot yeah like bring it across and then bring it back over to your like with your left but yeah to go same foot like that's just so nasty like he clearly yeah he's clearly got some skill yeah and it's good that he's actually able to show it now because when he first got there to Tottenham, he had such a hype around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he got hurt. Like, I think, I think he scored like his debut goal or yeah. debut, scored on his debut, mm-hmm. like a huge goal, like a t- game tying goal or game winning goal or something, like the 80th minute. Yeah. And then played a little bit more and then he just got hurt and he was yeah. out for like the remainder of the season or something. Yeah. Uh, last year. And it was just like such a, I don't know, it's such a disappointing thing because. Tottenham started off like looking pretty good last year, and yeah. then like Song got hurt, and then Kane got hurt, yeah. yeah, and then like everybody else that can contribute got hurt, and 
I mean, I think like we talked about last week's pod, I think Tottenham actually could show up this year pretty good mm-hmm. if yep. Kane stays. Yeah, if Kane, if stays. Kane stays. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even if we did right foot, left foot there, it would have been like a tenth of the speed that he did yeah. with one foot. So I was pumped to see that because just like it, it reminds me of what we talked about with everyone at uh, oh, practice yeah, the other yeah. day where it's like, like we how suck. good are actual pros? Like <laughs> we, we suck. Compared. We like we know we're bad compared to them. I think we're a lot worse than how bad we already think we are compared to them. Oh, we get dummy. Well, like it's not yeah, even fair to say no. we would get dummy. Like we shouldn't <laughs> even be in the same conversation. Like we're not even playing the same sport. I know. I I've think. always, I've always <laughs> thought that. Like, like at a younger age, like when we were like at our, like our peak peak mm-hmm. performance level, it's like how good actually are we? Yeah. Like if we were, if we were like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and like we were like playing just out of our minds, but then we go play like a team from England, mm-hmm. like a not not a youth academy team because that'd be nuts. Like we're yeah. not gonna play Chelsea youth academy, mm-hmm. like U nineteens. But go play like a U nineteen like club team or something in England. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. How would we match up against them? Right. Like just, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that kind of just highlights the point, right? Like we are, I think even just in Canada, we are really far behind, <laughs> very far behind. And so we'll see, we'll see how we do when we get to play in the World Cup because we're hosting it in twenty twenty six. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, it. I feel like it's one of those things where it's tournament play, so they're probably gonna play pretty conservative, not take a lot of risks. Hopefully, not just park the bus and just take like thirty shots a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, th- I feel like we'll probably do better than we think. But I won't think it'll be an accurate representation of how much better everyone else is around the world in Europe, especially compared to Canada. Yeah, I mean it is still a ways away, and like there could be some young stud that we've never even heard of that's yeah. still going to come mm-hmm. out and uh, show up. And obviously, Alfonso Davies is kind of like our golden boy right now, and mm-hmm. four more years for him, or five more years, uh, probably at Bayern or maybe some other big club will just allow him to grow and groom into like another world class player. Hopefully, yeah. Um, I mean his position that he plays for the national team, it's like he kind he's kind of like a hybrid because. When he first started on, on the Whitecaps, he was like a winger striker. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. an attacking midfielder. And then he goes to Bayern Munich, he's like left back. Yeah. So he kind of slotted into position there. But when he comes back and plays for Canada, he just like runs the field. It's so funny to watch sometimes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like in CONCACAF qualifying, they play against teams like you know, Guatemala or like yeah, El Salvador, El Salvador mm-hmm. Haiti. Yeah. And like you can just see him like – it's, it's nice to see, his, like, from a Canadian standpoint, because we never had a player like this before yeah. Yeah. where he can take the ball and, like, literally just go up the field sometimes and, like, make one, two passes and, like, get on and get on net somehow and try and score. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just his skill level really shows against, like, lower class sides or lower class countries. Mm-hmm. And from a Canadian standpoint, we just never had that. So it's nice to see that. Yeah. And hopefully it can spark some other players to actually perform better for our country because we were talking yeah. about it before. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's it's been embarrassing over the last 25 30 years. Yeah. In Canadian soccer, but it is getting better, hopefully. Making slow progress. Yeah, and we're going to host the show too. So like we got to show we got to put something on for mm-hmm. for the home crowd. Yeah. Cuz don't want to don't want to get pumped by uh by anyone no. in when you have all your fans in like uh 
Well, I heard BC went out, so it probably won't be there. Toronto, but Montreal. Toronto, Montreal, and uh, Ed- I think Halifax I'll- or something. Or maybe Edmonton. Edmonton. I th- I'm Might pretty sure Edmonton. it was Edmonton. Edmonton, Alberta, Toronto. I don't know. Yeah. Something. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, like we touched on with Kane coming on, I was surprised to see that. Because uh, who knows what's going to happen with that guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I saw another rumor today that Ronaldo was in talks with Man City. Did you guys see that? I did not see that. Ooh, what? Without. Ronaldo and Man That'd City. That's so random. I, don't, I, I mean, they do need a number nine, but uh, I, mean, I would be I was going to touch on that because um, I don't know. Well, you watched the game, but Jesus is way better <laughs> on the right side of a front three than on oh yeah. my God. As a number nine, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, very impressed. So, you know, I don't think Torres is like the leading number nine guy. Yeah. Like long term. Um, well, you know, maybe when he gets older, but they do need a number nine striker. Um, I guess which would ideal, it would be ideal if they had Kane, but yeah, Ronaldo would be interesting. I don't even think he would play there though. Or I don't know how Guardiola would even use him. They would probably yeah, want to use honest. him as like a striker, but yeah, just, just like literally a nine. box striker. I don't know. Yeah, like a false nine with Ronaldo or Maybe. something. Like I don't know. Well, <laughs> to be fair, if there's anything missing from their team, it's that guy, just like a poacher in the box, and Ronaldo's the guy where he's just he's gonna make space out of where space doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and just score goals with for you in the box. So, it would kind of be an ideal thing, but I mean, even if he were to go, he would be there for what two years, and mm-hmm. then he's. Gonna be what 30, 36, mm-hmm. 37? Yeah, at least so that, yeah. like, and then what? But it would be interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, I was still hoping Messi would go there because I want to see him play in the EPL. I mean, we've already seen Ronaldo play there, and he crushed it for Manu to say the least. Yeah, but for Messi to go to the EPL, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go for the reasons why we want him to go. Yeah, like, like we want to go and see how good he'll go up against, like really, really crazy talent or like really yeah. tough opponents but he, like at his age he has nothing to prove yeah like mm-hmm. he wouldn't go there for that he'd go there for the money probably mm-hmm. which i mean he doesn't need any more money but he would go there for you know the fan base or something yeah. or like just more popularity which he doesn't really need but just kind of like the experience of going to the epl yeah yeah i mean him going to psg like that's still not even that fair like yeah <laughs> like there's there's talks with mbappe going to real madrid now too and everything like he's just going to kind of fill into that role i guess yeah that mbappe took but like i guess psg rejected real madrid's offer oh, they rejected yeah 160 <laughs> <laughs> not enough oh God, I, think, I think that's what it was markets <laughs> inflated just like around oh. here with <laughs> The homes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, if he, like, could you imagine? If, like, imagine the offseason PSG would have if they got all these players, didn't pay any transfer fees, and then sold a the player for one sixty. Like you're selling Mbappe, which yeah, is like selling nuts. Mbappe, which, but yeah, yeah. still, like bringing in all the talent that they did this year, and making money, like the best yeah. transfer window in, in, in history. If they sold team. Mbappe, they could buy Ronaldo. Really, they'd probably get Haaland from and ha- they, Dortmund. Really, they could probably do that i know there were talks of holland going to man city and i th- i thought that was really like yeah, that one and that just kind of didn't go anywhere from what i saw which is too bad because he's really good he would he would have filled in nicely for them and he's really young holland to chelsea was there holland to city was there holland to real madrid was there yeah all in the summer but i mean 
a player with his talent, like you, like if you're Dortmund, you obviously got a you got a steal when you took him from mm-hmm. wherever he came from. I can't remember where they got where they yeah. got him from, but it was an absolute steal at the time. But it's like when you have a kind of like when you have a player with that caliber in your squad, you have to keep him not forever because obviously they are, they're gonna have to sell him at some point. Yeah, and it's Dortmund. <laughs> and it's Dortmund. Yeah. That's what they do. But yeah, that's what they do. They develop young players like really, really well. Yeah. But it's like you want to keep these players at least long enough to have some team success. Yeah. Otherwise, like, what are you really doing? Yeah. Exactly. Like they. Like yeah, they are a business, the, but yeah, so. like the one club teams are gone these days. You know, they're not gonna keep them forever. Like, yeah, yeah he's gonna get way too big. He's gonna get way too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure Dortmund, they kind of had like a mixed bag of performances the last couple of seasons, but they must have some money to mm-hmm. like retain him for a little bit because mm-hmm. they're getting offers of like you know 130, 140, yeah, from like huge clubs. Yeah. So for them to keep turning it down, they must think kind of what i'm thinking hopefully and say we got to keep this kid for a long time yeah. or keep this kid for the short time short future just to make our team better yeah. yeah get some top three finishes maybe you know contend for the league get some more money that way mm-hmm. but i would love to see him in england yeah like him in, in the epl would be such a nice fit yeah, yeah. i agree oh. he's so big like so big match up against all like the big burly defenders in the epl yeah Match up nicely. That that's one of I think one of the selfish reasons for me to see Messi go. It's like, all right, how good is this little guy going to go up against you know some massive center backs in England and just kind of turn Aguero it inside out? Guerrero did it pretty well. Hazard did it. <laughs> yeah. So, but looking less and less likely and yeah, probably sure. impossible at this point. Um, but yeah. So speaking of City. I also wanted to touch on Ederson hmm. because he touched the ball three times in the first 30 minutes. His first touch was in the 10th minute. And there was one point or, or later in the half, in the first half, the ball came through and he's just off his line, does a diving header right to one of his players. To be fair, it might have been an accident that I went right to, uh, <laughs> I forget who it went to, either uh, Gundogan or uh, Jesus, but the fact that he barely touches the ball and he's a spectator for most of the games and then he's still really sharp, I think is, is really impressive. And I don't hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, I think probably cause they've just talked about it for so long where it's just kind of understood now that he's going to do that. But yeah, he'll just get the ball and then ping it to someone without ever touching it. So I think he's, you know, he's, I think he's the best goal in the APL. Really? Yeah, over, uh, you know, well, Allison kind of fell apart at the yeah. end of last season, but he was in talks being the best. But I, I, if there was one goal I'd want on my team, it'd be him for sure. No, I mean, he's obviously a really good player. Um, <laughs> yeah. Understatement of the year. Yeah. But I don't know. With, like, with, the, with the team that good, too, it's like how on point does a goalkeeper have to be? Like, I know it's like, I know you obviously have to because like anything can happen at any moment, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like that line of defense ahead of him, plus like the midfield in that, like on on that team, it's just. Well, yeah. I think he's like it's key to their team because like you even saw it with Norwich, they're trying to play out of the back and they just can't do it. Oh, I don't no. know, like tons of teams trying to play out of the back, it's just a disaster. And I think he's key 
um, in doing that. Because a lot of, like, he's, like, kind of the quarterback back there for whoever it is, Diaz or Stones. Um, so he'll, they can, they can give it to him knowing he can find a pass that'll break the line that's pressing. Well, yeah, remember, so it's like the confidence is just there. Yeah. Remember a few years ago when, when Pep first arrived and they had, like, Joe Hart still playing there? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think he brought in, was it Omar uh, Bravo? Uh, yeah, Bravo. Yeah. And, like, they just Caught. could not control the ball. Yeah. And he found his guy with Ederson. Yeah, because like Without like you said, doubt. like playing from the back has become huge, and it gives me anxiety all the time yeah. when I see some teams do it. Because mm-hmm. it's like you just dribble into trouble sometimes, yeah. or you play it back to the keeper, and he has like a weak foot, and he puts out for throw yeah. in. It's like just defeats the purpose of trying to go up from the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. but a player like Edison, um, who is it uh, from uh, Munich? Um, Neuer, like yeah. players like that, like that's such a benefit yeah. to have in your side mm-hmm. and i know i just kind of tripped ederson but now now we talk about it i'm like okay yeah like he's pretty huge like he's yeah. he's good for the club good for the team yeah um, yeah yeah i mean you can't you can't blame or you can't look away from pep and like what he does to his clubs because like he knows exactly how to play his system yeah and mm-hmm. he finds players sometimes out of nowhere that yeah. just yeah. knows to fit his system yeah, it was kind of like Rodri. I'll just, that's exactly, yeah, just like Rodri. It's like, who the hell is this guy? Who's this guy, yeah. He shows up, gets player of the year last year, and it's like, it was Roger Diaz. Diaz. Uh, Diaz. Sorry, okay, yeah. Diaz. Yeah. Rodri, if it's in the side, though, it's like you're taking the place of, you know, Fernandinho <laughs> and, like, yeah. all these other, like, great center mids over the past years at Man City, yeah. and, like, he just slots right into it and yeah. just performs top-notch because yeah. Pep knows he can do it. Yeah crazy wild yeah mm-hmm. even uh with Cancelo, he he dropped off a little bit last season but there was like a, a run of form he had where he was just like you know top mm-hmm. defender in the league so if he can keep that up it's just you know another one of those signings where pep just kind of knocks it out of the park yeah credit to his uh his scouts just you know obviously have a big part to play in that and then also a city Grealish. Coming on, scoring the softest goal probably of his career. He didn't even know he scored. <laughs> no. Or he even know what happened when it hit him. Off his inner thigh. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow the defender didn't get it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Goal's a goal, baby. Here we go. So what were you guys talking about, like, the thicker lines for for VAR reviews? Well, because during the game, they were saying how, oh, I think it'll be on with the thicker lines. Mm-hmm. So I, and they didn't even show it. Um. Like when they typically draw the lines, how they show what's going on. They yeah. didn't show it that they were reviewing it, like showing the lines. But I guess they're like thicker. And I don't know if what well, you said there's like a tolerance on the line. Okay. And I think if they overlap, I think you're not. I haven't looked into it, but like you're not offside or something, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than like if you're <laughs> if you draw like infinitely thin line and it's like slightly further which away is the what they've one. been doing though. yeah which is like no but so that's how you it's not th- i think the thick offside. lines actually makes more sense because i forget who was talking about it um however long like when they stop the camera to pass a ball like are you stopping it like at the exact time and it's like a player moves so far during that tolerance when you stop the camera so it's it's not if you're doing it a millimeter like that tolerance isn't even like accurate depending on when you stop the camera so i think this idea oh yeah so i think the idea of this is like you know it's allowing for that like it could have been like whatever it is like point 
like three milliseconds to like point eight milliseconds, and a mm-hmm. player can move like fifteen. I don't even know fifteen. It's just giving like a broader window, yeah, yeah. Like a little more leniency yeah. for the players. Yeah, is yeah. Because what is what is a millimeter? Yeah, like oh, you go know. and hit a ball. Like I know. The, you the could, instance it touches it. Yeah, it's like nothing. So it's like player like even if you what you're gonna be a millimeter off sign you like literally just move like that much in like yeah a tenth of a second so i i think it's a really good thing and so that's what i was saying like it really depends when the camera was stopped that it's not it doesn't even make sense to be like millimeters offside because like he could have stopped the camera like a fraction too early or too late and that influences whether they were on or offside one of the things that bothers me the most about var is that it's just not consistent game in game out yeah and like we kind of expected that but it's like it's all by the official the official discretion, mm-hmm. like the guy yeah. in the booth, mm-hmm. and then the guy in the field, whoever it is at that time. But it's like, like there's been times when I've seen before where they count, like from like where your armpit basically is, mm-hmm. like they draw the line. If it hits the player, if the line's on the player's armpit, they call it both ways. Sometimes like that's either is offside or not offside. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think I saw somewhere before where they said if you, if a part of your body that's not legal to score a goal is an offside position then it doesn't matter so you can't yeah. score with your arm yeah but your arm's offside yeah but then i've seen it get called back when your arm's offside oh yeah like it just it's all over the place and it's been yeah. it's been happening since var was implemented and i guess this year they they're trying to crack down more on like the amount of time being taken to check mm-hmm. a review yeah which is good because there's been times where it takes almost five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, which is just wild because then they they don't really add that back on extra time all the time. Yeah, you just miss um, the game. Yeah, it just it kills the flow and everything. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like if there was just a clear cut, this is correct, this is incorrect, it, yeah. and mm-hmm. we all just knew it and we all accepted it, mm-hmm. then we can kind of get on with having VAR in our day to day games. Yeah, but there's just no consistency. Yeah, and like hopefully with these new rules or these new new lines, they can try and find some like common ground, like where yeah. they say, okay, this is actually offside, this is actually not offside. Yeah, and they can go on with their day because like it's just so disheartening for the fans to watch and like celebrate a goal early. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait. Like even at home, no. you wait. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's like, like yeah. you never get to celebrate a soccer goal the, when, again. When Lukaku scored his tap in, Lukaku scored his his goal there for Chelsea. I literally hesitated for a second. Yeah. Like I, yeah. it was clear. It was like he the ball came across the net. Yeah, he just tapped it in. Yeah, I was like, was he like half a foot ahead yeah. of the ball yeah. when that yeah. was played? Like I had to like wait a second. Yeah, and obviously it was it counted, but yeah, and the same thing it, in Euros. Right, when like, Italy won the world, yeah. when Italy won Euros. I didn't celebrate. I just waited. Yeah, for like I was like, was he off his line? Wait, I literally waited till they started engraving Italy's name on the trophy. Oh God, like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's it. it. I was it like, just creates such anxiety, yeah. as if, yeah. as if, like football didn't already have enough anxiety built into it. They had this shit. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's just, it's so hard for the fans yeah. to just have a normal celebration sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The, the only time I celebrated was Jorginho's PK against Spain because I'm there was nothing that's a goal we could have done. Nothing. I'm like, happen. there's nothing wrong with this yeah on that There's goal nothing. too the commentators are chirping the goalie saying how like he clearly must have not watched any film under Gino because <laughs> yeah, he, he went bit, so early he bit so hard he on went his little so jump. early oh he could have closed his eyes and hit the back of his foot and still scored yeah like he oh. bit so early on that move yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious i did think for sure he was gonna go same side uh in the finals uh, against england i think you have to go same side because if you go 
the other side than the keeper got in your head. And I don't know. Yeah, it's all about confidence. More eh? prone. Mm-hmm. You just got to be confident. Go same side in that yeah. scenario. I think. Yeah, I would. Well, <laughs> you and I would have done. Do. But yeah, I I thought he was going to. Evidently, it would have worked. Mm-hmm. But so, what do you do? guys? What do you guys think of the Lukaku debut? Yeah, I think. Well, he. I mean, he showed it on his goal. Like his goal was a tap in, but when was the last time Chelsea had a number nine that's going to have three guys around him do a hold up play and get it to their mm. midfield that can probably Didier Drogba? And then you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, no one else was doing that. And he, that's what he brings, right? Yeah, that whole play was just like kind of vintage. What he's going to bring to the team? God, right? I hope so. <laughs> I've been saying it for like. You don't, <laughs> I know. Drogba bring it down I'm from the his biggest, chest. I have the biggest smile on my face right now. You don't even know how happy it is to watch a player like that play for Chelsea again. Yeah. Because they have such quick talent around them, like wingers mm-hmm. that could just feed off him holding the ball. Yeah. Like every single time, like that. Not every single time, but so many times last year. You're looking for where the striker is, whether it be Werner or they play a false nine and it's Mount or Havertz. Mm-hmm. Their first instinct is to turn away from the ball, yeah, and like try and make a ball like off, try and make a run off the ball, yeah. and get like a through ball pass and try and get it on goal that way. Yeah, I could not count how many times Lukaku came back to the ball just to receive it, and even in positions that weren't even that beneficial to like get forward, mm-hmm. like he came back in his own half at times, yeah, just to like be there for support, receive the ball, play it back to Jorginho swing it out wide, like, mm-hmm. get the play kind of going, which, like, that never happened last year. Yeah. Players like like uh, like Timo Werner ran down the wings. Yeah. Like, he starts off in the middle of the field. I know they move around. I know they, you know, scatter. But he made his runs down the wings, mm-hmm. down the sidelines. They look for that same play all the time where they go to the byline, cut it back in, and they look for, like, a tap-in goal, which yeah. clearly worked this time. But – it's happened time and time and again last year and just never panned out. Yeah. And then they bring Lukaku into the team like for one game and just showed immediate yeah. impact. Yeah. And this is how the Chelsea of old played. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, brings a, it brings a tear to my eye. Like it honestly does. Yeah. Like it's just, I love the way that they played when I first started watching them in like the early two thousands. Yeah. And like, I hope with him back in the squad, this is how they keep going forward because the team that, Lampard began to put together mm-hmm. and a team that Tuchel finished putting together. I hope that they just can gel now completely and they can abide, you know, they can buy into what Tuchel preaches and what he wants to do with the team. Mm-hmm. And clearly they finished on a high last year. Yeah. So there's only one way to go now and mm-hmm. that's to the top of the EPL Yeah. for the, for the title. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Andrew's throwing fist pumps here. I'm jacked right now, man. I was <laughs> so excited to watch pumped. that game. Yeah, I mean, they look really, really solid, like really complete with him, and they are going to give City a run for their money, I think. And it's and it's, it's interesting because even the first game, you know, Lukaku was good for, for Man U, um, but he just kind of looked really, really solid with Chelsea and kind of like he belonged there. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like a really good system that that they had going. So, I mean, I think he's only there for about a week. Like he flew in. Like, I think he was there for the game last week, like their first opening match. But mm-hmm. he obviously didn't play. But you could see, like even on the field, he was like he didn't care that he was the new guy. Yeah. Like he was telling Played like he was, he was there for forever. Yeah, he was telling players where to go. Um, Reese James picked up a pretty nasty injury, and he was like one of the first guys there to see 
to see him on the field, like trying to help him up, and he was yeah. like trying to coach him back a little bit. Yeah, and it's like he's been there for a week. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't know Reese James. Like he doesn't know him that well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's just like he, I feel like he's already bought into the Chelsea mentality, mm-hmm. and like he even said too, he's like the only place that I would leave to from Inter would be to go back to Chelsea. Yeah, and they came calling and paid a healthy price tag for him, but <laughs> very healthy. Yeah, he, uh, he came back and like I said, made an immediate impact. So hopefully this keeps keeps him going forward. Yeah, yeah. Watch out, Pep. <laughs> well, they, they already fed it to him in Champions League final, unfortunately, yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, I do want to also talk about Danny Ings. That was uh, that was good. Yeah. That's quite the goal. <laughs> Sliding into Villa and just scoring an overhead kick. Just, you know, like it's no big deal. Yeah. No, he's a good player, man. Yeah. I've do always you, I've always liked him. Do you think he's going to end up, like if you had to pick another side, like a top six side, whether it's like Italy, England, Spain, do you think he's going to end up on one of those sides? He probably wouldn't leave. I mean, I could see him like... Well, he had that. He had a stint at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he just got hurt. Like, it was nasty. I, I looked into it um, yesterday a little bit. Like, he just had, like, a lot of promise. I forget where he came from initially to, to go to Liverpool. But he got there and, like, it took a little while to get adjusted. Then he just picked up a nasty injury on his, like, knee or something. Yeah. He's out for, like, an entire year. Yeah. yeah and bad. then he came back. And I think he played a couple more games. And I think the same injury happened on his like other leg. So he yeah. missed almost like two full seasons. Yeah. yeah. So they obviously had to get rid of him. Yeah, but, it's always tough to bounce back from stuff like that. Yeah, but like when he gets his chance and opportunity, though, he just knows how to score. Yeah. And he's getting up there in age now. I think he's close to 30. Yeah. So I feel like he wouldn't have like a huge impact or he wouldn't be like a huge name to sign somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a team like Tottenham could pick him up. Mm-hmm. team like... I don't know, even like Arsenal, even yeah. a team like uh, Everton. Ah, uh, they got Calvert Lewin. Oh, like I, I could see like a like a top ten side picking him up. I mean, Villa's yeah. obviously shown like last year that they can hang around a little bit in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him going to United or like a Chelsea or something like that. Yeah. But um, I think he's still an impactful player. And like I said, when he gets the opportunity to score, he can create and. He's almost like kind of like a Vardy in that way too. He just gets yeah. like scrappy goals. Like yeah, yeah. Like how many, like really Vardy doesn't score stunners. Yeah, yeah. He's but just always in the right place and just knows how to put like a good shot on net. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna create a lot of chances for himself. And obviously, you know, just mathematically, the more chances you have, the more goals you're gonna score. So I think yeah, he's just also a really good player to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's fun to watch too. Yeah. Then in, in the same game. <laughs> VAR didn't have a lot of uh, decision to make on the handball. I don't know if uh, you guys saw that. Oh, actually, I didn't see that. No. Oh, okay, the, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a corner. <laughs> the guy just uh, shot came or chance came, and his he lifts up his leg like a foot higher than his hip. Like his oh, leg geez. was super high. Then his arm was also like there. So imagine just having your leg and your arm just way up, and it just hit his hand. And uh, handball and PK, and that was it. Who took the, P- who took the penalty? Yeah. Uh, remember? Uh, I don't actually. No. Yeah. I'll have to look back, but it was it was just really really funny to see. And 
you know, obviously for things like that, you would, I would assume that that would be given without VAR, but that's, that's one of the things I've liked about VAR is you don't have to worry about things like that. Just getting missed for whatever reason. So, you know, anything, you know, ball crosses the line fully and there's mayhem in the box. It's going to get, you don't got to worry about it. If the ref's going to actually give it a goal, same with handballs. So it's, that's the plus side that, that I like to think about with VAR. Never got to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. What's up, Joe? What are you thinking? I'm just thinking about this. Who's the first manager to be sacked? Mm. For sure. I'm thinking Arteta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it had like what? They're playing City next? Uh, Yeah. And like, they're not going to have goal of the month. I know. If um, they don't score a goal, they will not have a goal. Ooh, nice. <laughs> like I said, I think that it's just going to be more of the same from them. Um, yeah. And, you know, P- I know it's never going to happen, you know, Arsenal getting relegated, but if they're down there for too long, I don't think, like, I know Arteta's been there. He's been a player, but they're going to, they're going to go for someone scrappy, just like get him out of trouble if it comes up. Um, same older dice. <laughs> like, seriously could literally be anyone big sam um but i you know they're gonna lose against city more than likely um so we'll see how the first 10 or so games go but that's looking tough because who do they got after city uh let's check it i'm trying to see if it's if it's city away or city home i don't it's know city at, like they're, they're at city oh, okay there you go yeah, yeah they're done <laughs> which, which is too bad because like they had so much promise when their tits took over so they got norwich after norwich and burnley norwich and then the north london derby with with yeah. tottenham so they're gonna play burnley away that like what they might be oh they're playing west brom tomorrow oh yeah yeah they got west oh, brom that's, and the, that's not even no that's yeah, the cup that's the, the cup. i'm not even sure which cup this is efl cup yeah english uh, football league like that's not the FA. That's no, not... isn't it Carabao? Yeah, it's Carabao, Carabao Cup. Carabao. It's just called EFL Cup. It's that's, not called Carabao that, Cup anymore. Yeah, it's called Carabao. Um, so I mean, literally looking at these, like, okay, they might beat Norwich. Burnley could like easily be a draw. Probably yeah. lose to Tottenham. Could lose to Brighton away. Could honestly lose to Crystal Palace at home if they yeah. play well. And then you got Villa again, and then Leicester. Like Watford could be an easy easy win yeah. maybe, but that's in November, so you never know what's going to pan out in yeah. two months. Honestly, looking at them, if they any team in the top 10 and any, you know, scrappy team in the bottom tier, it's like, are they going to win? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's always a question mark, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, and it goes to my point. Like, everyone's like, oh, Arsenal-Chelsea. It's like, is that a big game? Uh, re- you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, the names are big, but it's not It's not even a contest anymore to, like... Yeah. Like, the zone actually had, like, a little 10-minute story about the Chelsea and Arsenal rivalry yeah. and they even mentioned that in like the last couple of minutes like the last I mean Arsenal beat them in the FA Cup a couple weeks or a couple of years ago FA Cup final but um yeah when it comes to like actual like EPL success and where they finish in the standings and also like head to head Chelsea's probably had you know six of the last eight wins or something like that mm-hmm. yeah so it's like, yeah, you can't consider it a rivalry when there's only one side that's winning <laughs> every single time. That's winning, yeah. That's like, it's like in, in football, like Michigan and Ohio State, biggest rivalry in college football. Michigan's yeah. like Michigan's won one time in the last like sixteen years. Yeah. So it's like, how is this a rivalry anymore? Yeah. yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. Well, 
when you have a player like Urzel and you can't figure out how to build a system around a player like that and you just let him, he just ends up on the bench for forever. Yeah, and then he walks. And it's like, what? Yeah. I mean, a player, like, I'm sure you could figure out how, like, okay, he doesn't go in for tackles and he just like to send the number 10 roll, but how do you not build a system where he's, you get the best out of him? I was like, oh, no, like, we can't figure it out. So he's going to be on the bench. <laughs> is know? that is that on the manager? Yeah, it's got to be on the manager. Yeah. That was... I think maybe a combination of the manager and the team not bringing in who they need to, like, build that system. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure if you have ownership. a, ba- what, Aubameyang, Urzel, and Lacazette? Lacazette? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty you sick. Can, you can't build a system around those front three to work together and figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, it falls it's on. Like, no, it just no. Like they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, but falls on ownership and the manager. I think. Yeah, ownership for years has just been getting destroyed yeah. by the fan base, and like, they wanted Arsene Wenger out so bad too. Like the fans were chanting Wenger out, Wenger out. He leaves, and then they just when Emery in. comes in, and it's just like yeah, a shit show with him. Yeah. Like he had no chance. He yeah. It's like literally, you could have done anything different than than what Wenger did, and you would have got praised for it. Mm-hmm. But he performed worse. Yeah. So not at the start they were crushing. At the start, they, yeah, they started they showed up a little bit, but then, then whatever happened, I don't know I don't, if it was injuries, I don't know if it was like players just stopped performing properly or whatever it was. I'm not sure, but yeah, they they tanked pretty good. Yeah. Or pretty bad, however you want to say it. And then with Arteta comes in there, they just try to bring him as like the young new face, I think, of the team mm-hmm. to try and, like, show a new culture maybe getting built. Yeah. But even behind him, like, nothing's working S- so far. Same, Not, nothing's clicking. Same, yeah. Same stuff. Yep. Feeling for all the Arsenal fans, it's been a very, very rough decade. Ah, they'll be all right. I think <laughs> like, even if you look at the lineups of the game from Chelsea and Arsenal, like, yeah, there's so it. many players on this Arsenal squad where it's like, who are you? Yeah, we're... Uh, little definitely a fall from grace i think they're gonna it's like a massive just overhaul i think they need yeah it's a very strange team and saka looked so lost in that match yeah. yeah i don't know if that's like a confidence thing from what happened at the euros yeah i haven't i haven't really watched him since but i did watch the game against chelsea obviously and he he looked lost like there was times where it was like simple plays and the ball was getting caught up in his feet Mm. or he you know he tries to do too much or he's out of position and gets beat on the wing by like Reese James for the first goal mm-hmm. that Lukaku score and it's like a player that young put in that position by Southgate in the Euros yeah. could literally have like a long lasting impact on this kid's career mm-hmm. like he was 19 or yeah. is 19 yeah and you're you have the most pressure that could ever be put on you yeah as, as a yeah. player like literally the weight of the nation on his shoulders in like the final kick of the final game of the euro like at home at wembley yeah everything's in your favor and he comes up short well, and chokes I it i don't know yeah. why okay he wants to take a pk it's like why is he the fifth taker when like, yeah and why like throw, i know like, throw he, in the middle somewhere every pk is important and kane takes the second one i'm like i'm pretty sure of all the pks the second one's probably the least important so you know why does he not take the second one kane goes fifth or something like, you know. where, was, where was Grealish? Where was Sterling? Yeah, I mean, why Sterling? Well, because I heard Grealish was... said he wanted to take one, but then I guess Southgate chose Saka. That's what I heard. But even still, like I said, okay, he wants to go. We'll put you second, Kane's going fifth. I mean, if, if that's that, how... If... Unless Kane really wanted or, to go second. Or and how reason. Sterling's not 
not in there taking one. And and true, and it and it goes back to the thing where like he put them on well, it was Rashford and uh um Jaden. Um puts them on super late. Yeah. Like and I think Joe alluded to this uh I think probably last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Where you, you, the first or second touch you get of the ball is a PK. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Mitch Coming in cold like that? Yeah. Not never. I mean that's on the manager. hundred percent, I think. Like yeah. if you're if you're in the in the huddle and trying to pick players and you got Jack Grealish on the left and Saka on the right and they both want to take it. It's a hundred million dollar man. Yeah. Like there's no question about it. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not relying on this nineteen year old kid. Yeah, sure, you're you're spunky, mm-hmm. you got a lot of pep right now, you're jacked up. You want to take a PK. Okay. Do it maybe on the sixth one if you have to go to that or the seventh yeah. one. I would never leave a nineteen year old in that position. Um, like he's even new to the team this year. Like he hasn't really played many international games, and then you have players mm-hmm. on the bench that have or players that he could have chose from. Yeah, that have twenty caps, thirty caps. Harry Maguire took a penalty shot. Like yeah, like I, I don't Ripped know. Ripped his best PK. Yeah, it was take. yeah, it was an absolute just rocket to the corner. So like yeah, he had quality players to pick from. I'm not saying Saka's not qualities. I love the way he's been playing the last couple of years. When he showed up for Arsenal two years ago, when I first saw him, I'm like. I want a Chelsea to try and get this kid. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he looked really good. Yeah. But just to rely on him like in that moment, yeah, I think that was a huge coaching error. And Yeah. It doesn't even come down to a skill thing. It's just no, it's purely confidence. It's a confidence, which, you know, doesn't always come with experience, but experience definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how how ready you are to take it, which, you know, coming on right before you have to take it. Um I do forget when Sokka came on, but like in the case of Rashford and Jaden, like I would, I don't even think I could take it. I don't even know how they felt confident to take it when they didn't even touch the mm-hmm. ball yet. I know. I mean, Feel they must have him. talked. They must have talked like on the bench at some point, saying like, "I'm gonna bring you on for the penalties." Yeah. But if that was me, I'd say, "Okay, get me on five minutes before." Yeah. yeah. Let me run. Put me on for the second half of extra time. Yeah. And get warmed up. But like, yeah, I mean, right, like I don't even know why, like. <laughs> They're good players. At least put them on early so you can maybe score. As I well. know, and like yeah, like what you <laughs> yeah. like what's rat like, like what, what Rashford's Rash- not going to be the guy that loses you a game probably. Yeah, you know, and like the Italian side too. Like this is not our Italian side that we were used to seeing like from <laughs> no, years yeah. and years ago. Obviously, there's a lot of new players, and they're a lot more uh, skillful and agile than the players that we were used to. Yeah. But like the pace that a player like Rashford, a player like Sancho would bring into the squad, mm-hmm. it's like. Italy had tired legs. Yeah. Like, we were playing our, a lot of our bench players, too, our sub players. Yeah. But it's like, you got to let these kids run, man. They're horses. I know. Just let them go. <laughs> Would have been... I was... I saw them coming on. I think they were getting ready, and I'm like, oh, like, damn. I was going like, to run at us. And then yeah. it, they never came on until right before I, Yeah, PK. I remember. Like, it was, okay, we're going to PKs, I guess. It was like during the break, like the, yeah. the second half break and the extra time. It was like the 105th minute. I saw yeah. them. They panned to the bench, and they're on the sideline, like, jogging, like, warming yeah. up. I'm like... If these kids come on for the last ten minutes, twelve minutes, we're screwed. Like, because we had nothing. Be scary. We yeah. had no other cards to play except to go for PKs. All our, like, everyone was off. All our yeah, strikers we're, were done. We were gassed. No, like we can't take out. No, we had no other defenders. We almost lost it in extra time. Like couple, like at one yeah. point, I was a little worried, and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna lose. They're gonna come on and probably score." Yeah. And they just came on 120, whatever, 120 second minute, take some PKs. And even like one of another nice takeaway from the Chelsea game was. 
how nice is it that you can bring a player like N'Golo Conte on as a sub? Yeah. Just to like wrap the game up. Yeah. Like, I think he came on maybe like the 70th minute or so. Yeah. And it's like, you got a 2-0 lead, put in Conte, shut the game down, yeah. seal the deal. Yeah. And it's always good to see when you have like you massive go back quality. Yeah. Massive quality go coming to, off the bench. Like this one, I mean, like you look at like Arsenal's starting 11. It's mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> what has happened? This Smith Rowe kid actually kind of impressed me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Emil? Is it? Emil Smith Rowe? Okay. He, uh, 21. He's all tatted up too, actually. Yeah. He, Go to their uh, bench. Yeah, he made a good impact. He's, he just ran his ass yeah. off. Like he created some stuff here and there, but he he just ran. Played yeah. really well, like, though. He's like, no, where does, where does Lacazette? Is he injured? No, he's not there. Interesting. Class and Notch is old yeah. and kind of slow. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale is the new goalkeeper they just picked up. Yeah. There's talk that he might have played this game, but I think he's just there to give Leno maybe a little yeah. competition for the for the role. Yeah. Um, the- Callan Chambers, he could have played easily. Maitland Niles is another youthful player he could have played. Mm-hmm. There's this is what there's no like presence on the field. No. Or on the bench. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Xhaka. Xhaka. Who's like say. your scrappy mid, like, you know. He's there to kind of just hold it down. Like, yeah. he, he showed for, for Switzerland, he was pretty, he was their captain, I believe, yeah. for the Swiss yeah. team. Um, Yeah, I think I've always seen him kind of like a dirty player, just kind of like yeah. clumsy and like, he takes up a lot of space. Like, he knows where to be on the pitch. Like, he's actually a pretty good midfielder, mm-hmm. but he's not going to win you games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's there more just like he's like probably the only presence on the field that I would say like could yeah. show an impact like yeah. leadership wise. But everywhere else is you got young kids like Martinelli's a young kid, Smith Rose a young kid, um, Holding Kieran Tierney's a young kid. Like Arsenal is almost they're trying like to have a youthful squad. Yeah, because they're just for whatever reason they're not spending impactful money in the transfer market, mm-hmm. and they have the money to spend. Yeah, like clearly, they have the money to spend. Yeah, but. It might or, just be like a really painful few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're trying to rebuild, but they're just doing it in a really, really bad way. Yeah. <laughs> like they're trying to get young players, but you need also to have yeah. some veteran players that can just kind of slot in position and you can yeah. rely on these players to perform like week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these kids are all test subjects. Like this li- this lineup here is going to change, you know, 15 times this year probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slotting new players in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just gonna be a lot of heartache for the Arsenal fans, I think. Yeah. You know, you know what they need? They, like, they can't get Milner. They need a Milner yeah. type player. Yeah. And a Grealish type player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want Grealish on their team? Like, I know, but like, you know what I mean? Just someone like Milner, who's like, because they have a lot of young guys. Like, make yeah. sure, like, take control. They can control if someone like. There's no one really to hold anyone accountable if they're like slight. Like Pepe, you know, because he dribbles a lot. Like dribbles three or four times, loses the ball. No one's gonna run up, and be like, "You got to like, you know, what are you doing?" Right. No one's on the field's gonna do that. No. So they need a Milner, and then they need just a solid, you know, Grealish type center mid that's just a good player can move the ball. They just they have no they have nobody to uh, to create anything. Yeah. There's just no creation on this in the squad. Mm-hmm. And you had that player in Ozil, but he just never got his chance to. Yeah. He did when he first got there. Yeah. But then for whatever reason, like as his play maybe declined, they just lost confidence in him and he just stopped playing. Yeah. yeah. They Which just couldn't I always ag- question like how yeah. how is he on your bench? 
That was tough for them. They had a tough couple of years, and like you could see it happening. You can see it developing a little bit yeah. with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, their run of just getting fifth place or fourth place kind of ended, and then yeah, just haven't been able to to come back from it. Yeah, just a little further downhill. And uh, Liverpool, though, on the other hand, you know, they I would say they were in the same position because I don't think they ever got like that, you know, down in the dumps. But um, they had a few tough years and now they're just, you know, doing their thing. Um, Got the two two nil win. Uh And uh, Tiago, which, you know, I didn't even think about when he came on the field. Until uh, the commentator actually said it, where it's his first game at Anfield in front of a crowd. Yeah, he's been there for since two, the start of two seasons now. Almost, yeah, right? since the start of COVID, so it's probably a cool experience for him. Just actually getting a field from Anfield's like mm-hmm. massive empty stadium. Yeah, and they were saying too, like it was their first game back at home with fans since they won the title. Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> so they're saying how. Like they're playing "Never Walk Alone," like they're singing the song when when the players are coming out. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like I almost got chills like just watching it. Like that song always gets to me when they play it. Yeah, when they sing it, and uh, the commentators are saying like, "Oh, they might let this one like run a little bit longer because they're celebrating <laughs> their win because they haven't done it in front of their fans yet." Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think. Yeah, celebrating a lot of different things. Celebrating actually like being able to see your team again. Been watching over over TV for almost two years so it's probably means a lot to them right mm-hmm. but yeah that song always gets me just chills especially when they oh. when they sang it at halftime against AC Milan and came back on Champions League <laughs> remember some of that sorry if you're an AC Milan fan <laughs> <laughs> nah man they're good like I I say that they're gonna contend I mean could it be a three-headed three-headed race going into the end of the season like if you yeah. think Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City can keep mm-hmm. it up, I think so. Make it really exciting. I think yeah. Bar like I said, barring a disaster uh, or any serious disaster, injuries, any serious injuries from Van Dyke and Gomez. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we touched on this before. Where if anyone's vulnerable to not being in it, it's it's Liverpool. Yeah, and then maybe Chelsea. I mean, obviously they're picking up a lot of good talent. But Man City is the one team where you can get yeah. three injuries. Like last last season with De Bruyne and Aguero, they were out for how long? Uh-huh. And then they just went on a win streak. Yeah. So when you can afford to not have De Bruyne and Aguero on your team, that gives you a massive advantage yeah. over everyone else. Do you think a player like, like Phil Foden is going to kind of slip now into like the shadows of Man City? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like where is he going to get his chance to play? What is opportunity? Well, I think he Pep's really good at balancing his squad. Like he did it. Like he kept Foden for how long? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. When he was, and I think, you know, Foden's. I think he starts ahead of Grealish. Anyway, it's just what De Bruyne's not there. Foden's still like coming back from Euros. Um, I think his best midfield three is Foden, De Bruyne, and Rodri. Mm. You think? Yeah, I mean Silva is pretty close. Um, honestly, it's really hard to pick the best. That's what I mean. Three on City. But you know, like, what, like, just if, look at it. Like, I mean, they could have what Rodri, Foden, and De Bruyne, and then you know have a Grealish and Gundogan and Silva play Champions League games. 
You know what I mean? And that's what, yeah. And I think that's what he's really good at. He knows he needs all these players to win all the competitions, so they all get a lot of playing time. And he knows he's going to have injuries. Like yeah. one of them's going to get injured, probably. More than likely, yeah. So, I think that's why that's why he's so good. He's such a good people manager that he can keep this deep squad of players. Yeah, talk about deep. Yeah, it's just wild to see though. It's like how much I remember like when when Etihad first came in and started to sponsor them like however many years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, it's like when they started buying just like everybody that was good. Anyone that was good. Yeah, City. and it's like I think they're almost they're buying these guys so they just win score against them or something. Yeah, because I, I remember they bought Adebayor from Arsenal. Yeah, that was for crazy. like a stupid amount of money, and he just never played. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like they had it on the bench. I remember them saying, uh, "It's a stat now that kind of gets used a lot because there is just so much more money now than there was back then." But twelve, thirteen years ago, for them to say that there's a hundred and eighty million dollars on the bench, and you're playing a team like Norwich that has like sixty million dollars on the field, like yeah. in their starting eleven, yeah. and you got triple that on your bench, and just mm. players that aren't going to play for you. I couldn't believe it. Like yeah, that. That money back then, inflation now, it's like $300 million on the bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, I, I can't, I couldn't believe it at the time. I thought that the money getting spent by them was just stupid. And even now, like spending 100 mil on Grealish and then have him not play or have him coming off the bench, like, like Joe suggesting he might do. Mm-hmm. I think it might hurt a player like Foden because he had such a breakout year last year. Yeah. He did. And I think his confidence was like sky high. Yeah, and look at that haircut he has. His confidence is huge for that. Like, <laughs> he looks ridiculous. But well, now he's blonde. And now he's got the blonde hair now. Yeah, and I think I maybe mean, that's why he's on the bench still. I mean, his hair's growing back. Yeah, he doesn't want to come out yet. And he's got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't, I'm just saying, like he, like a player like him, like how is he going to get picked over Grealish and De Bruyne and Mares <clears throat> and Gundogan and Fernandinho still like Bernardo Silva? How is he going to fit into the squad? Like. Enough for that. Enough so that his confidence remains high. Well, like I said, they're in this the type of team that wants to win all the competitions. Like Arsenal's the EFL team, like the EFL game Arsenal has, they're probably not even going to play like a solid squad. Maybe probably. Um, whereas well, it's City, against, it's against an EPL team though. It's not against like yeah. a Championship three yeah. division team. Yeah, but so I mean, they might, they might have to show a team it. like City. They're going to play like a mass like. They're like, no, we have to win every single trophy. Yeah. So they're going to play Foden or whoever is going to play that game. They're going to play a solid. They're not going to play like their young squad. You know, so he's going to get minutes. He's probably going to get minutes in big games like Champions League as well. I kind of hope so. I mean, I like him. He yeah. came on mm-hmm. as like a stud last year. He's yeah. a firecracker for their team. I mean, he he was pretty impactful. Yeah. Like the, he scored some like good solo goals yeah. too. Which is really good to see. Yeah, with Aguero being out for as long as he was. Yeah. And like we talked about it last week, they didn't really have like a clear number one goal scorer on the squad. They had mm-hmm. guys that can chip in and get seven, eight, nine goals. Yeah. And like him to get nine last year, I think it was, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like those are nine brand new goals that you didn't get last year. Yeah. So for him to do that and also set up a lot of goals, he got, you know, a handful of assists. Um, I just don't want to see him decline a little bit or like feel dejected yeah. from not getting more playing time because you bring in a player like Grealish. I mean, it sucks. Like you see a guy mm-hmm. come in at your like at your position, yeah, for hundred million pounds. 
Like you're gonna feel a little dejected. Yeah. Like you're gonna think, oh, he's taking my spot. Oh, my playing time is gonna get cut in half. Yeah. And like as a young player like that, it's all about confidence at that age. It's all about getting the playing time and showing the manager that you can play and perform. Yeah. Yeah. And if they see him day in day out, like at the training facility, obviously, and like he knows Pep knows his skill set and what he can bring to the team. Mm-hmm. But I think just personally, like in his own mindset, it might be like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. now I'm not gonna be able to play as much. Now I can't, you know, score my ten goals that I got last year. Well, I mean, and to to be honest, um, with them getting rid of Aguero, because I know Foden's kind of, uh, what flexible, like right now what they have: Jesus, Torres, Mares, Sterling, as, as their option yeah. as their options for the front three. Yeah. You know, he could easily, and I think Grealish was playing pretty high, like, when he was playing. Like, so easily Foden could just slot into, like, oh, you're playing, like, most of your games are going to be on the front three on the left, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, especially one of those guys get injured, like, and they don't bring in a, a number nine. You know, they that, like, all of a sudden you're thin at the top. Right. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it'll still obviously have a big part to play. And like Joe said, I think he's, there's going to be a lot of competitions. They want to win all of them. So it's just the luxury they have of being able to have this massive rotation of no matter what game they play, they have yeah. a team that could win the EPL at all times, which is why I like them a lot because it's just total domination and just like the drive to be the most perfect team you can be, <laughs> which is yeah, always good to see. And speaking of that, with De Bruyne, hopefully he's going to come back because I know he missed the last game mm. uh, with an injury. But, uh, yeah, player of the year. Yeah. Oh, De Bruyne, Conte, or Jorginho? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just midfielder player of the year or if it's, like, player of the year. Yeah. I'm not totally sure on that. I'm trying to look it up right is now. It- UEFA player like it's EPL player of the year no it's just it's literally player of the year I can't keep up with all these competitions I know there's Who's so many in the running for the Ballon d'Or that... is that already decided I don't even wasn't know. that Lewandowski didn't Lewandowski win that I have no, I don't even or did they even I heard they weren't even gonna have it yeah, men's player of the year oh uh, which participated in the Euros but it's also it's not just like your Euro performance. It's like as a all whole, Europe. yeah. So if like basically play, what you've yeah. done all of Europe, yeah. In this last season, like, yeah. Like who's most valuable player? Basically, mm. I mean, they're all like they're all good, obviously. Um, it might just tilt. To Jorginho just for Champions League and uh, yeah. UEFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Euro 2020. Yeah. Like just might go. Because what? De Bruyne won EPL. Conte won Champions League. Yeah, uh, I think I'll probably double. go to Jorginho. Just based on like wins and like obviously solid, but for just going based off that. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to Maybe. go with I w- like I would be a little bit surprised if it wasn't. I mean, if you still ask me who I'd want on my team, I would still say De Bruyne. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would too. But just the year he's had. 
Yeah, I I think uh, it's kind of weird how they do it. I guess like because it's not like it's not like how a lot of it's predicated on what you win. Yeah, which I not, don't always totally agree with. I was gonna say yeah, the same thing. It's not based like who's the most valuable player to your team. It's like who's been around <laughs> mm-hmm. and also won a lot. Yeah, like in the same year, and they also count the Super Cup that that Chelsea just won. Okay. Um, against uh, Sevilla. Mm-hmm. They count that as another victory too. So Conte would have two like major trophies. Then Jorginho would have the same plus the Euro win for Italy. Yeah. Uh, as, as well as uh, oh sorry, and then also just De Bruyne having the one title with the EPL season, which is obviously nothing to slouch at. That's a huge accomplishment, and he's obviously the, probably the biggest factor in them winning the title. Yeah. Um, and I even said this before, like. <laughs> Even with how good Man City is, they're not the same team when De Bruyne is not playing. No. Somehow, he just just brings that much more to a team that's already really good, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like just from this list, like you you like you look at it this way too. Like day like game in game out, De Bruyne and Conte are probably the two more impactful players. Yeah, out of these three, like Jorginho's a solid player. He can kind of do everything too. He has a bit of N'Golo Conte, and he has a bit of De Bruyne as well, mm-hmm. where he can dish a pretty good pass. Yeah. But then he has the awareness of, like, where to be on the field. Yeah. And, like, intercept passes and, like, um, like just that, like, really good instinct. Mm-hmm. Do I think Italy would have won the, the Euros if he was not playing? No, I don't think so. I think he was huge for the team. Yeah. Or for the country. Um. So it's just, it is tough to look at it from that way. Like when you like, I don't get how you can base like your national or your international performance in like a European competition like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know if that should. I don't know if that should count. It should, I feel like it should be based on like your club. Yeah, your club performance. Because you can get lucky. Like you can be, like he could have been a player on Italy who just did kind of go to the sideline a little bit and didn't really shine and perform. Yeah. But then Italy still wins the Euro, so he still has that title. Yeah, but I mean, he was key for them. He was, yeah, but it's just, it just in score. Yeah, he scored a huge goal, obviously, scored a but key PK, key, yeah, key penalty there. But I think, yeah, just like just Jorginho, like by a hair thread, yeah, <laughs> by a blonde hair, so, so well, by one blonde hair thread because he has blonde hair, <laughs> which I'm still uh, not totally thrilled about. Yeah. So unanimous across the board, Jorginho. I think Jorginho. I think we'll take it. This will be announced uh, tomorrow. It's on weird. Thursday. It's weird. It's like it's gonna be Jorginho, even though De Bruyne is like, you know, probably a better player, maybe. Yeah, I mean the best. Like they're kind of different. Yeah. De Bruyne's more like, you know, I don't even know what the word is there, but they're just different. And Conte's obviously super different. <sighs> De Bruyne's so a stuff. unicorn, man. De Bruyne is crazy. Yeah, I don't even. He know. Just, like, he's like his stuff. own. Like he, he made up a oh, position. He just made up a position. I'm just. <laughs> he honestly kind of reminds me of like, like I didn't watch him that much because we were younger at the time. But like Zidane and yeah. De Bruyne kind of remind me of the same player. Yeah. yeah. Like they just do shit effortlessly. Yeah. Like the like he. I know he. I know he's trying when he's running because his face gets all red. When he gets all, that's the only way you can tell. When he gets all gas, no, it's like because you don't see like he's he blends into the game so well. Yeah, and then like he could be quiet for a little bit, and then he just you see like a forty yard pass he picks out. Yeah, or 
he's not even like a fast player, but he'll take the ball at like midfield and just run hmm. like a giraffe yeah. <laughs> with like these long strides up the field and like just put a rocket in from 20 yards out. Yeah. Like he can do that just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like a player like that hasn't come along in a long time. Like his stature, he's like a taller guy, uses his body well. Yeah. And like I said, he makes it look so effortless when he's doing it. Yeah. And like I remember seeing Zidane highlights on YouTube and I'm just like, this guy's not even trying out here. Yeah. He's just dummying players. Yeah. Like at all level. Yeah. So he, got, I he's mean, always around, always creating chances. He just has an immediate impact. He, you put him in and automatically the game changes. Yeah. Every, every game I see him play in. I think massive influence on the game. I forget who they're playing in the Euro, but he came on for Belgium. Like I think it was actually nuts. I think it might have been tied going into halftime. And I think Hazard and De Bruyne came on like in the sixtieth minute. And, oh, the we, no, and they scored like four goals <laughs> yeah. in the second uh, half. Denmark. Was it the Denmark wasn't game? Wasn't it the Denmark game? I no, it wasn't the Denmark game. It was uh oh, what game was it? Uh, I know because De Bruyne came on and just like crushed it when they were playing Denmark. He came on made that dirty pass and then scored. Oh, that it was Denmark. Yeah. It okay, was yeah. Denmark. Good call. In the group stage. <laughs> it was crazy. But he just came on and just immediate impact. Yeah. Like instantaneous. Because I remember Denmark was, they were winning and then, yeah. like, well, then De Bruyne comes on and just, oh. And Hazard came on too. Yeah. Hazard came on. But yeah, still. I know. He's just, he means so much to the team. And like, again, if we were looking at like straight up MVP or like most valuable player that mm-hmm. on your team, like who you can't win without, I would say De Bruyne would win this competition, but yeah. the way that it's worded and what they actually do count, I yeah. mean, Jorginho's probably got it, like we said, by a hair. Mm-hmm. There's no hair on Conte's head, so it can't be by no, him. No, he can't win. No. <laughs> He's a good player, man, too. Yes. They all, they're all deserving. That's the thing. That's yeah. they, we can safely yeah, say that. True. They're all deserving because they excel at what they do. Yeah. But Jorginho just has a little more uh He's got a little more, more clout. To put on his resume. Yeah. Yeah. He has more, uh, more accomplishments, which is what everyone wants to look at, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this week's the last one, eh? The last week before an international break. Yeah. Do you guys think it's too early to have an international break in the after the third week of play? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Like it, it doesn't feel like a lot of players get like really into season yet. You know, I wish it was a little bit longer because like the season starts and before you know it, so you got a break. Um, I mean, in in fairness to the players, they're always playing, so it probably doesn't feel like that much of a break. But I mean, still, like, there's a lot. They play a lot of soccer. Yeah, I think. I don't know if they need all these interact. Like, I don't even know. Is the the Nations League is that still a thing? I don't know. I don't even know. I can't even keep up with the, like all the competitions. You can um, filter on here what the break actually is. Um, where did I find it? I'll look at it. I'll look at it in here. I found a way that you can figure like what the actual international break is. Okay. I think is it World Cup qualifying? I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's not like like I don't think England's playing in mm. this round of international breaks yeah. um, i saw portugal's got a game i think wales has a game it's not the full slate of teams or yeah. of countries sorry yeah but nonetheless like they do have to stop play to allow these players to go home and actually represent their countries yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i was thinking like it's just the third week yeah it yeah. feels like you gotta like actually 
you know, have a lot of time to just get into the season, but you know, they're, they're the players and they are playing a lot more. I, I forget what I was with son. Oh, um, we played like where he traveled something silly. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of airfare on son. So it's like <laughs> how, you know, being able to play your best when you're like constantly traveling and you know especially for him he has to fly to fly to south korea mm-hmm. and play so you have all these top players and that's the thing the, the better you are the more games you're going to play in which means the more travel you have to play in so you gotta you know stay fit and stay healthy and you're just on all the time so you got to be able to play with uh some sort of jet lag going on i think sometimes yeah I, mean, I think it is a mixture of just international friendlies as well as some mix of qualifiers. Hmm. Cuz you got Qatar playing Serbia. That's not a qualifier. No. That's clearly their friendly. And then you have Finland and Wales which could be um international match. An actual qualifying match. I'm not totally sure here. Does it even say what it's for? It might just be like I don't know. Yeah, but it's like these. Some of these teams were just playing the Euro Cup, like not yeah. even two months ago. Yeah, I think these players just got back with their squad. <laughs> yeah, go back. Like it's kind of it's kind of a lot for them to probably take in, you know, like mm-hmm. to get adjusted back to being with your team. And then I don't know what I still don't even know what the protocol is for COVID stuff. Yeah. So it's like you have to come back with a team. I don't know if you have to isolate or not, but like you hang out with them for a little bit. Then I had to go back again to your represent your country, isolate there again. Yeah, I don't know. Wild, a lot of, lot of travel. Like I think with COVID being a thing, I would cut back on the travel. Yeah, like in- internationally, keep it all domestic, and maybe have a stretched out start to the season, so that way you could be with your team more. Because mm-hmm. it's the beginning of the year. Like these guys haven't been there right away. Yeah, like a lot of the guys that played in the year, they only came back, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe like less than a month ago. Yeah, and then you're shipping them out again to go play. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just, just out of here. It's wild. Well, hopefully, uh, high speed travel becomes a thing very soon, so that <laughs> it won't matter where you got to go in the world. Yeah, you got anywhere in two hours. Or That'd less. be cool. Yeah, is that a thing that they're doing now? It's like I saw you can go from like New York to Russia or something in like two hours. Yeah, the plan is like you base it's basically a hybrid of a plane and like a rocket ship, where you're you go. I don't know if it's actually in space or like really close to space, and. You uh, circle the globe to your destination, then come back down. Is Obviously, that, super conceptual. I'm yeah. guessing at this point. Um, is that Elon Musk stuff? I have no idea. Is he behind this? Could be. Crazy who man. Knows, but yeah, that'll be nice. I am really. I mean, who knows when it's actually going to happen? But high speed like travel within Canada, um, where they're building those high speed trains. Oh yeah. So you can get to like Toronto in like forty minutes. So that'll, I think that'll have the biggest impact on the economy overall. Yeah, but they're affordable. Probably not to start with. It's gonna be like anything. Like when they <laughs> first came out with TVs, and they were like yeah. ten thousand dollars for a TV. <laughs> It'll probably be like more business class stuff, anyways. Too, a eh? like people mm-hmm. will actually, yeah, like one way, not one way, but single passenger stuff. Like you wouldn't bring a family of four. Yeah, not to start. No way. I don't think so. So, and hopefully that'll give more opportunity for sports in general where, you know, if you live here, 
and you're good enough to play in Toronto, you don't have to, I guess, pack up and move and move to Toronto to play, mm-hmm. um, or even like to London, where you can play the best soccer you can play in your country, and you can still live at home, which I think matters to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. That would be really cool. I mean, it's so weird because in Canada, we look so highly upon like hockey players. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. You get kids that are like 14, 15 years old, go to play in the OHL, 16 years old, and they just pack up and leave. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine we had that for soccer here. Mm-hmm. Would you guys go? At like 16 years old, you have a chance to go play in, I don't know, Mississauga for like just like a sick team, like a stud team. Yeah. You get put up. You get an allowance from the team, and then you go to school and play soccer like semi-professionally or amateur, however they yeah. classify probably. it. Probably. At 14? Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. 14, 15. Wait, you're just going to high school. Yeah, you're yeah. going to high school. Like You go to some different school. It's just how mm-hmm. we had it here with the billets and the mm-hmm. kids from you know Spitfires playing for playing for the team all going to school with us. Yeah. Imagine they, have, imagine they have that for soccer. Yeah, I mean, it would have made like everyone's story different, I think to see how good you would actually get because how much wasted talent was there from people who just like didn't get to play at a high level for whatever so reason, true. like personal reasons. So it's like, what would have happened to all the kids if they actually got like the best chance they could have uh, to play at the highest level? Um, I mean, I don't think I would have went particularly far, but I think someone who was really good um, that just couldn't move because they, they had a family issue that they couldn't leave home. Who knows? Could have been the next like Canadian Canadian stud playing yeah. the World Cup. It just needs one too, just one player to like kind of show how to do it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. to provide the opportunity and then you can take off from there. Yeah, one of those things. So Elon Musk can figure it out, <laughs> make a rocket ship of a train. First price, fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars, <laughs> one way trip to Toronto. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are we good, boys? I think we are good. All right, guys. I want to thank you for joining us here on week two, episode two of the Footy Fan Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at footy underscore fan. That's footy underscore P-H-A-N. As always, enjoy a beautiful game, and we will tune in after all of next week's action. Ciao, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.